Welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your Wednesday morning headlines. A suspect is in custody after a SWAT call in eastern Travis County. It was near Cinch Lane. That's by Decker Lane. It happened overnight. Travis County Sheriff's Office could release more information later on today. Austin City Council could vote on the $5.5 billion budget. As early as today, a big chunk of that money, nearly $2 billion, going towards Austin Energy. A million dollars will be used to study whether to invest in underground power lines. The Cancer Prevention and Research Institute of Texas, the board, will meet today to vote on $49 million in new cancer research and prevention grants for the state of Texas. That meeting starts at 8.30 this morning in the Barbara Jordan State Office Building, and it is open to the public. Well, happy Wednesday, everyone, and welcome. I'm Sally Hernandez, meteorologist Kristen Curry is here because, Kristen, you said that change yesterday was mm -hmm. going to happen this morning, and you can feel it when you go Did outside. Did you feel it? Yeah, yeah, it's so nice. Finally, a change <laughs> for the better here. Let me show you what we're talking about because our weather is actually cooling down this morning. We do have a nice rebound ahead of us, though, so all the more reason to get outside, kind of enjoy this little cool stretch we've got for the next few hours, and then brace yourself for more triple-digit heat. Live look outside. Take up to North Austin are indeed domain cameras showing quiet conditions. Here are the numbers seeing way more of us in the 70s than the 80s. That's the good news. 74 in Lampasas, as is San Saba. 78 in Georgetown. 81 here in Austin. 78 in Bastrop. But again, keep in mind, some of these temperatures will drop maybe 1 to 3 degrees before we start to warm up. So we'll still lose a little bit of that warmth and see some cooler temperatures likely around sunrise here. Temperatures already down 3 to 7 Seven degrees will take it on the way to the low 100s though this afternoon that drier air easy to cool down but easy to heat up as well forecast high 104 underneath that mainly sunny sky today the humidity is going to start to rise after today so you can expect more of those muggy to human mornings to come in the later part of the week and weekend but while we have that lower humidity and drier air in place we really need to be mindful of the wildfire danger today as you can see we've got most if not Every county underneath that very high fire danger, that orange color indicates a four out of five on the wildfire danger scale. And we know we're vulnerable, right? We've seen it over the last several weeks, and unfortunately, we continue to cover wildfires, bringing you to this. A wildfire continues to burn near the Bastrop and Fayette County line. The Texas A&M Forest Service is calling it the Amaze Fire. Now, satellite view shows it's off of Highway 71 near open land. It's burned about 63 acres, and at last check, 75% contain. We have some video too near the fire scene. You can see those fire trucks there on the side of the highway. So far, no word of any injuries, evacuations, or how this wildfire started. And the fire danger is so high right now, Austin and Travis County leaders issued a local disaster declaration. The local declaration allows city and county leaders to deploy necessary resources without a vote. County leaders are looking at turning the Travis County Expo Center into a potential emergency shelter just in case we see more evacuations. This is on top of the disaster declaration the governor signed for 191 counties in Texas. Total of 30 fires have burned more than 2,800 acres in the 15 county Kixing and viewing area. That's as of Monday. And Kristen, with that declaration comes as much of the central Texas area is considered at a high to very high fire danger risk by the Texas A&M Forest Service. And with school starting for so many parents, they may be wondering what is the plan if a fire started near their kid's school. KXAN Sarah Alshay takes an in-depth look at protocols in place over in Hayes County. 
Fires burned through hundreds of acres in the last few weeks in Hayes County, from areas of Kyle to San Marcos. And with school back in session, Districts like Hayes CISD say they are prepared if a fire comes near a school. In this case, we're leaving the building and we're going somewhere else. Jerry Scrocky, Hayes CISD Chief of Safety and Security, says if smoke is nearby, they'll secure the area. We're going to come inside. It's business as usual. But what we are looking at is really there's some sort of a danger outside, and that may be an inhalation danger. But if a fire is approaching a building, Scrocky says it's time to evacuate. We have buses strategically placed at both the east side of the county and the west side of the county. We will systematically load our kids um, and then bus them to another location. Emergency planner at the Hayes County Office of Emergency Services, Lori Taylor, says all school districts in the county follow that standard response protocol. Taylor says the district will be a parent's point of contact in these emergencies. We're going to communicate exactly what's going on, what they need to do, where they need to go. While the natural inclination might be to go to the school, both Taylor and Scrocky warn against that. What that's going to do is create more congestion and more traffic and more issues for first responders to get in and do their job. Reassuring parents they've trained and are prepared should anything happen. Sarah Alshah, KXAN News. Now, Texas State University is also monitoring fire danger in the area, and university officials there say they regularly meet with county and fire chiefs to talk about mitigating any fire threats. We reached out to other school districts in our area, including Austin ISD, about its protocols, and we're going to let you know when we hear back from officials there. Governor Greg Abbott is going to be at the University of Texas later on today. He's expected to talk with groups on nuclear technology in Texas. They're talking about how that technology needs to, uh, needs to grow to meet the needs for clean, safe, and reliable energy in the state. It's this afternoon at 2 o'clock at the engineering building over on the UT campus. How Austin ISD is addressing the lack of air conditioning on some of its school buses and how state troopers are looking to improve the relationship with the Austin community. With school back in session, that means thousands of kids around Central Texas are going to hop on a bus and catch a ride to school. But for some kids, it's not a very comfortable ride. Not all school buses have air conditioning. The Bill Ramadna shows us what Austin ISD has planned to fix it. Buckle up, because the summer heat isn't going away anytime soon. It's super hot. Stephanie Chapel has been driving buses for Austin ISD for 23 years. The AC is very important when this Texas heat, um, probably the most important thing. But not every bus in the fleet of almost 500 has it. So when we start the school year this year, about 80% of all routes will have AC on them. AISD's transportation director says they make sure longer routes use the buses that have AC. But that means some of the other routes, which can take 30 to 45 minutes, have to go without it. All of our buses, they have fans inside. Fans will help a little bit, but not so much because it still blows the heat to you. The district says next year will be different though. They've ordered 129 new buses, all with AC. By next year at this time, when we were talking, all of our routes will have AC on them. Right now, almost 70 routes are without AC. When you are in an air-conditioned environment, you work better, you operate better. 
and we want the same thing in our school buses. For Chapel, she's just ready for the summer heat to go away and looking forward to AC on all the buses. Thank God for the AC. <laughs> Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. <laughs> the district says all buses for kids who have special needs do have AC. Any buses that they buy will be equipped with AC, as you heard Nabil mention. All right, we are taking your questions to leaders sitting down with the San Marcos CISD superintendent. Plus, there's a court battle that continues for its second day here in Austin, what it could mean for transgender youth in Texas. And coming up in sports, introducing you to Round Rock Express ambassador who's found his old confidence through work at the Dell Diamond. Good morning to you on this Wednesday, August the 16th, and happy first day of school for more than a dozen school districts here in Central Texas. So happy to have you around and wake you up here on KXAN News Today. But it is the second day of school for San Marcos CISD. And as we get you ready and set for school, we're talking to superintendents from all over Central Texas. So if you have questions about school funding, security, whether your school has enough teachers, we get answers. I was able to talk to the superintendent over at San Marcos CISD. We're here with Dr. Cardona, the superintendent of San Marcos CISD. Thank you so much for joining us. We're here at this middle school because you're welcoming some of the incoming sixth graders, um, which I think is a really big switch from elementary to middle school. What are you doing to address when it comes to mental health of your students district-wide? Well, that's something we really are proud of here in San Marcos. It started about five years ago. Our board was really committed uh, after some incidents with students. And so they uh, allocated resources. So here in San Marcos at every secondary school, we have SEL counselors and their caseload is just children. 100% of our schools in San Marcos have communities and schools, which is wraparound services for, you know, our 60 to 65 families on each campus that need some more support. We obviously have uh, school resource officers here at every secondary campus, and then we have school marshals at the elementary campuses. Let's talk about the school marshals a little bit because I know that is something new this year. What can you tell us about it? Well, we're gonna find out together because it is so new, but I think the public should be uh, very proud of the vetting process and, and the people that we're bringing in. They have a lot of great experiences. They're very kid oriented. Uh, a lot of great leadership and a lot of different perspectives around school safety that I think will help us help the staff and help the parents feel that their kids are being well taken care of. How do you balance that when it comes to so many parents who have, you know, an opinion about school safety and then the school board voting on this and then you as the leader of the school district? How do you balance all of that when it comes to this program? Um, I think it's it's balanced by the needs of the kids and um, you know, we live in a society where unfortunate things happen. And so kids, kids safety is my number one. And so I kind of get rid of all the noise and do what's best for children. And this is, this is just another step that we take in San Marcos, kind of a multi-layered approach to make sure that our kids are safe. So as you mentioned, the vibe here at the middle school is really cool. It's really um, friendly. You yeah. know, we're in the middle of the library, which is not quiet anymore at this library, but that's on purpose, right? You like that. That is on purpose, right? The library is the literacy hub. We want kids to check out books. We want kids to read. We want kids to be active learners. We want them to be self-directed, all right? At the end of the day, they have to learn how to manage themselves. And 
you've got to get in the library and a good librarian can get a lot of good stuff out of kids. Well, we'll let you um, greet the incoming sixth graders at this middle school. Thank you so much for joining us and talking to us about the good things happening here in San Marcos. Oh, thank you for having us. All right. And the good thing happening this morning, Kristen, mm -hmm. when all the students are waking up and the teachers and the bus drivers early this morning, a noticeable change in the weather. Yes, <laughs> so pleasant out there, especially coming from the last few weeks. <laughs> as far as what's going on outside now, we've got a dry sky, low humidity. Our Northwest Austin camera there from the Palms car wash, not indicating any sort of cloud cover. As far as the numbers go, yeah, I think a lot of us will notice it. We're currently sitting in those lower 80s, but... I'll tell you what, we are likely going to be seeing more of those 70s across Central Texas this morning with very low humidity. I mean, for this time of year here in Central Texas in the middle of August, we'll take humidities in the 30 to 50 percent range here because typically our humidity is highest in the morning and it drops through the day. So we're going to see dry conditions from start to finish. Your afternoon highs just a touch warmer than yesterday. 102 was our high temperature at a camp. Maybe we'll go 104, I should say uh, for us here in the city and I've got most of us in those low 100s today. Here's a look at those high temperatures in your neighborhood. I'll give you a second to find your number. Uh, in general, we're talking sunshine, maybe a few high puffy clouds here and there, but nothing that I'm concerned about. The heat alerts return for the Austin Metro today. I'm looking at Travis and Hayes County in addition to most of our eastern counties. That heat advisory kicks in noontime and continues until 9 p.m. tonight basically warning us that some of that heat might be uh, a little much at times. We want to make sure we're taking those heat safety precautions seriously. I do expect, unfortunately, that heat advisory to be upgraded to an excessive heat warning tomorrow. Tomorrow, temperatures really spike. Let's kind of talk about another change though, a welcome change potentially here. There's still a lot that we need to work out, but I've started your clock here uh, Saturday night. Not expecting any rain over the weekend, but if you'll notice by Monday, we're starting to see a big old glob here of rain in the Gulf of Mexico. There's likely going to be a tropical wave out there that has a little bit to work with to potentially become something stronger. It's a low chance of that happening, but it's close enough to we could potentially grab some rain from it Monday into Tuesday here. At this point in time, I'm still thinking South Texas gets the majority of this. So our southern counties right now are favored for the best rain chance. It's still very low, only about 10 to 20 percent, but it's finally something worth watching, right? Because that could bring an end to this dry stretch. It could also, for some, bring an end to the low 100s. I'm not going to bite on that yet here in Austin. Austin, I think we're kind of right now on that fringe of seeing beneficial impacts from whatever this tropical disturbance might become. Right now, that tropical low is enough to bring us some rain chances, though, on the back end of the seven-day. Until then, it's a high of 104 today. Look at the jump tomorrow. That 108 we've got tomorrow afternoon likely to break the daily record. We continue with temperatures 105 or hotter Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Still hot early next week, but then likely starting to add in some of those rain chances Monday and more so into Tuesday Wednesday here. That's where we're thinking that disturbance of whatever it's going to become uh, moves onshore. So be sure to stay with us for updates on the potential rain that we've got coming in next week. I also want to update you on our friends out in Hawaii. Members of FEMA toured Lahaina in Hawaii after deadly wildfires ripped through that area. 
So far, 101 people have died from that devastating wildfire, and more are expected as searches continue today. Thousands were forced to evacuate. Much more than 2,700 uh, buildings are destroyed. Coming up on today, local there in Hawaii is helping mobilize community members after using his jet ski to help his Lahaina neighbors who were still cut off from fuel, food, and precious medication. We've single-handedly supplied everybody with the local community with these, you know, donations. We need help moving it around. And these are the answers you're going to get if you come to these communities and be like, hey, how can we help? Much of the state of Hawaii was under a red flag warning for the fire risk when those wildfires broke out last week. But the exact cause of the blaze is still unknown. Kristen, thank you. Partnership with the city of Austin or not, the Texas Department of Public Safety says its patrols are here to stay. But the agency says it is trying to engage more with the community. When dozens of troopers first started patrolling Austin streets, many people criticized that move, saying the patrols unfairly targeted communities of color. Now DPS is more involved in meetings with the APD and the community. Discussions uh, evolved around the history of policing in Austin, um, the lack of trust with police, systemic racism. So a lot of topics that we discussed, and it was very valuable uh, for us to, to listen. But then to also give us an opportunity to share the history of why we perceive it the way it is. But I love the fact that we're coming together to try to find solutions together. How can we work on this perception? How can we work on the reality of what's taking place? Now, members from DPS also attended the Austin Safety Summit over the weekend to talk with local community members. APD Police Chief Joe Chacon says troopers' presence in Austin has led to reductions in violent crimes. For more context, here's a look at the brief partnership timeline. You may remember that at the end of March, the Austin Violent Crimes Task Force began calling in DPS to assist APD with the staffing shortage. Then in May, DPS temporarily ended that partnership after being called to the border cities in the wake of the expiration of Title 42. Then, just last month, the interim city manager, Jesus Garza, suspended the city's partnership with DPS with the approval of the mayor, Kirk Watson, and this after a DPS traffic stop involving a man and his young son. The next day, Governor Abbott ordering DPS to continue operating here in Austin, also directing an additional 30 troopers to patrol the streets. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Well, minor league baseball has started, and for a lot, it's a, a way to get out there and enjoy some family fun here in Central Texas with the Round Rock Express. There is someone, though, who's going to welcome you to the Dell Diamond that will put a smile on your face, no doubt, and just as happy to be there as anyone. Here's Noah Gross. Hey, stay cool and have fun, okay? The first voice you'll hear when you walk into Dell Diamond. It brightens my day to see them smile. An athlete himself growing up. Hey, how you doing? I always went for the for the bigger guys, you know. I always wanted the challenge. As a sophomore in 2015 at Stony Point High School, Jay Favors said something didn't feel right in his gut before a kickoff. I went in full speed and at a bad angle, me and the guy collided heads. And he got up and I didn't. Jay says he instantly knew he was paralyzed. I felt the word was taken from me. And still to this day, I can't get over it, but I learned to cope with it a lot. After graduating, Jay was taking classes at Austin Community College, but an accident totaled the van his family used. 
no longer able to attend school. I was stuck in the house, you know, I had no contact with people or anything and, you know, I almost, I almost gave up on myself. Hitting a low, but in February 2022, hope from his hometown team. That is your van. The Nolan Ryan Foundation and the Round Rock Express gifting Jay with a new van. Welcome to Dow Diamond. And a new job. It's the kids, I say. You know, they come in and I want them to have that same experience of my first game. Jay's saying the job has changed his life, made better with a dear friend close by. How are y'all doing today? That's my, my, my partner in crime, I like to say. Glad you're here. You know where your seats are? Ginger Richardson has been with the Express since their inception back in 2000 and loves working with Jay. Probably I'm more like a grandma to him. With Ginger by his side, Jay able to believe in himself. I was like 5'6", and I thought I was like 6'4". You know, that's the kind of confidence I had. And I feel like I'm back to that, that Jay, you know. Always saying he wanted the biggest challenge and now knows even that. Hello, how are y'all? Won't stop him. Would you like a program? Wow, what a team. Well, for those listening on the KXAN Today podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Glad that we can bring you that positive story. But here's what else we're tracking for you in the 5 a.m. hour on KXAN Today. We are live from Leander ISD. Tom Miller talking with the superintendent there. What he had to say about the district's attempt to comply with the new law here in Texas.